The Colts have added another of their own to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, while another deserving candidate is going to have to wait yet another year. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, which is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. What is up, everybody? I am Jake Arthur. Joined by my twin flame, Zach Hicks. You know, the two of us from horseshoeauto.com. No, I don't know if you guys have seen that uh, docuseries, but uh, not great. You're not going to hate anyone more than you hate that guy that you've never met. So if you guys haven't already, you got to check that out. Um, but no, today we're talking about the Hall of Fame, speaking of things that uh, fans hate. And Dwight Freeney got in for the Colts. That is terrific. Uh, kind of a trailblazing edge rusher for the Colts for a long time. But one of the biggest fan favorites in the franchise's entire history, Reggie Wayne, is going to have to wait yet another year. So we're going to kind of talk about those two extremes. And then we'll talk about some current Colts or, you know, some recently former Colts who might have that trajectory or what some guys maybe on the on the fringe of that, what they might have to do uh, in order to ultimately make the Hall of Fame. So first up, Dwight Freeney, uh, pretty deserving. Uh, he's had to, he's had to wait a little bit now. Uh, this was his second year of eligibility. He goes in with Devin Hester, Julius Peppers, Andre Johnson, and Patrick Willis as the uh, the other modern day entries. And yeah, his his uh, his resume speaks for itself. Uh, 18th all time in the NFL in sacks, third and forced fumbles all time. Uh, 16 year career. The guy's longevity was terrific. Uh, he had four All Pros, three first teams, seven Pro Bowls. And something that has become kind of a really important piece lately and has set a lot of the guys over the edge. Uh, he was on the 2000s All-Decade team. Uh, so really, really important things that Freeney accomplished that put him over the edge to really give him that Hall of Fame resume. So what do you think about him getting in, Zach? Yeah, you know, just for me to jump on here first, I mean, when I think of the early 2000s Colts, and this is me as, you know, a young kid growing up in the 2000s, falling in love with football, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't obviously a huge Colts fan back then, I grew up in the Washington market, but I always admired the Colts from afar, and when I think of those early 2000s Colts teams, obviously you think of Peyton Manning, you think of Marvin Harrison, uh, you think of those guys on offense, but Dwight Freeney on defense was the guy, like that was the guy that was the difference maker. I mean, when you think of the number 93, for me personally, as a kid who grew up in the 2000s and fell in love with football in the 2000s, you think of Dwight Freeney. That was the, that was the big time guy right there on defense. And and I think uh, you and I talked about it before we jumped on here, Jake, like when you're a pass rusher who has a move that is synonymous with your name, that spin move, the Dwight Freeney spin move, where when you think of, oh, the greatest spin move or the greatest player at this one move as a path, you have your name with that. Like that is something that you can never take away from a player. That's something that is always going to go down with 
Dwight Freeney. So yeah, I think it's a really, really good thing. I mean, he was that difference maker on defense for his entire career. Fantastic player. Uh, and it, and it was really great to watch him. So I, I want to get your thoughts on it, especially Jake, because you, you know, you're a little bit older than me. You were, you were there for all of those uh, great Colts teams and you're a big Colts fan back then. What was it like watching Dwight Freeney in his prime? I mean, again, obviously people don't think of the Colts back in the 2000s for their defense, but seeing an all-time great like this, I mean, it was fantastic to see him on the field just from afar. Yeah, absolutely. It's It kind of makes you spoiled about having, you know, an, an all-star pass rusher because, you know, the Colts are known for getting spoiled with the quarterbacks and everything, but we've really come to find out how important it is to have that dominant edge rusher as well, which the Colts have really been searching for since Freeney left. You know, you had a few years of it still with Robert Mathis afterward, uh, but you just kind of chase that, you know, that that island, I guess you can say. It's just kind of the same as having an, an all-pro cornerback. You set him out there, and there's going to be a lot of resources thrown to try and counter that, but it's really, really invaluable. The, the Colts were lucky enough to have a guy like Robert Mathis on the other side where you just had to pick your poison. Uh, but Freeney was definitely a, a trendsetter in the NFL. We've seen a lot more people try to emulate that spin move uh, ever since he really put his stamp on it. And I think really one of the more impressive parts of it all is he was not really your prototypical edge rusher. He's kind of small. I think he was about six one or so, 260, something around that area. Uh, a stockier guy, not not your classic, you know, long limbed, you know, super bendy edge rusher. But the guy had speed to power. He had agility. He could really do it all. And something that Jim Irsay, I think he said this to Quiddy Pay and Dio Adengbo when they were coming in with the Colts. You know, we envision you in the fourth quarter closing out games, you know, pinning your ears back and winning games for us, because that's what Dwight Freeney did. You know, yeah. when the Colts needed it most, you had a guy like Dwight Freeney going out there, getting the sacks and more importantly, getting the forced fumbles. You know, Robert Mathis first in NFL history, Dwight Freeney third. That was so important because getting sacks, getting pressures is nice, but turning the ball over, that's invaluable, especially when you're then giving the ball to Peyton Manning. So uh, Dwight Freeney's impact was just really immeasurable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I feel like I've been blessed as a football fan to have been around for the prime years of so many great pass rushers. You know, when I was younger, you got guys like Dwight Freeney and Julius Peppers and Jared Allen, obviously is another guy that was up there and, and, and those type of pass rushers. And then as you get into my, like my teenage years and stuff like that, you get Von Miller, uh, JJ Watt and uh, Aaron Donald. And then nowadays, obviously Micah Parsons and, and Bosa's and, and the other Watt, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, fantastic pass rushers. But for me personally, and this isn't just me saying that because I'm a host on the Locked On Colts podcast here. Uh, I don't think I could put five guys over Dwight Freeney. Like when, when I saw Dwight Freeney was up for the ballot uh, the last couple of years, I think it was like, he's been on the ballot for, I think two years now, this was third year up there. Uh, I was always shocked that he wasn't a first ballot guy because Again, when I think of pass rushers and I think of pass rushers in, in the grand scheme of football, Dwight Freeney is one of the first guys that come to mind for me. I know I don't have as long an experience with the NFL as many people do, but uh, Dwight Freeney is one of the first guys that pops up to me. And, and I'm really happy to see him enshrined in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he, he really deserves it. Fantastic player, absolute difference maker, uh, absolutely deserved to be in that all 2000s decade team because he defined the 2000s as a pass rusher. Uh, and and just a well-deserved honor to get him in the Hall of Fame for the Colts. 
Yeah. So that's the sweet part of it. We'll go to kind of the sour part in a minute and talk about, uh, you know, maybe when is Reggie Wayne going to get his time to get into the Hall of Fame? Prize Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to turn every game changing moment into 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into 1000 It's demon time on Prize Picks also. That means you can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. You just turn $10 into 1000 Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins gets you different payouts. So that means you can now win up to 100 times your money again with as little as four correct picks. You know, Prize Picks is really cool because they're always looking at new things like this demon and goblins thing to keep everyone engaged because, I mean, you always got to evolve. But at the end of the day, what sets you apart in Prize Picks is another place that is continually adding these cool new wrinkles to their platform. Uh, again, they're really simple to play. Personally, I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than a minute. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. All right, so Reggie Wayne, who, for my money, growing up in Indianapolis as, you know, as a Colts fan, I've got to say that Reggie might have just been my favorite player growing up. You know what I mean? Like, you had Marvin Harrison, uh, who who was really a huge impact from day one, but Reggie really had to grow into this thing. And he started flourishing with Peyton Manning after just a few years. He goes into it, but what I think where Reggie really had his big, one of his biggest impacts was big games, number one, but number two, the guy came in and helped usher Andrew Luck into the NFL so successfully. Like we saw immediately that Luck had magic in him and he could do things that not everyone could, you know, he pulled the Colts into the playoffs, but an enormous part of that was Reggie Wayne. Like yeah. you take Wayne out of the equation for luck early in his career, and I, it does not look the same. Uh, I believe he's got the most games in, in franchise history as well, like over 200. Uh, the guy ranks 10th all time in, in receptions and receiving yards. Um, again, he's been a finalist, not just a semifinalist, but a finalist for five straight years now. Um, I think wide receiver is probably the most polarizing position when it comes to players getting in in the NFL, there's always been this logjam. And for some reason, voters shy away from allowing multiple guys in at once. Like, I don't really know why, but Reggie seems like one of the last guys, like along with Tory Holt, one of the last guys who's kind of a victim of this logjam. And hopefully it ends soon and we could kind of turn over a new leaf and just let the deserving guys get in when they need it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I struggle a lot with Reggie Wayne and it's not because I don't think he's, you know, guy that deserves to be in the hall of fame. I def, I definitely think he's a hall of fame wide receiver, uh, just a fantastic player throughout his, his entire career. Uh, and, and like you said, I think one of the biggest things for him was when he made that jump to 
or from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. And he had that production in that first year with Andrew Luck. I think that's what put him over the edge a little bit for me. It's like, okay, look, there's no Marvin Harrison. He's an older wide receiver and he's doing fantastic things with a brand new quarterback in there. Uh, so yeah, I think he was doing um, a lot of really great things there with the Colts. And, and I don't have any issue with anybody saying that he should have got in this year, especially when a guy like, like a Devin Hester got in. I think Devin Hester definitely mm. deserved to get in at some point, but if it's at the expense of someone like Reggie Wayne, it doesn't really make too much sense for me. So uh, I do think Reggie Wayne should have got in. I, I do think I struggle a little bit more when it comes to, you know, should Reggie Wayne have got in over Andre Johnson? I think, I think you and I are on the same page with this, which doesn't make for great uh, podcast banter, but I think it's good for us to be on the same page is, you know, I think personally I would take Andre Johnson over, Reggie Wayne just because Andre Johnson was that dominant force despite having David Carr being his quarterback for most of his career and and a guy like Matt Schaub as well uh but that doesn't mean I don't think Reggie Wayne was this fantastic Hall of Fame caliber wide receiver and I do, and I definitely don't think that he needs to get, keep getting pushed down the line because you're getting a guy like an Andre Johnson in there uh so I think it's gonna be tough for him going forward man because like you said there's that log jam at wide receiver and it's not like, like you can get a guy like Andre Johnson in here and that's like, okay, cool. Now you lessen that log jam, but then coming up soon, we got Larry Fitzgerald coming up. I mean, Brandon Marshall, who I don't think has a case over Reggie Wayne, but Brandon Marshall's coming up. Demarius Thomas comes up next year, who again, I don't think he has a case over Reggie Wayne, but the more, the more names you keep throwing into this log jam, the more it gets backed up. And where does Reggie Wayne fall on there? I, I definitely think Reggie Wayne should get in the next year or two. Uh, he absolutely deserves it. Great player. I mean, he has the resume. Fantastic player all time. But it's going to be tough for him, man. It's going to be a really tough one. And, and it might be, you know, an, another guy that we're going to mention here. It's going. It might be like a Tory Holt situation where it just keeps backing up and keeps backing up. And and you know, a guy like Holt might get in over him because they feel bad enough to get Holt in there, even though I think Wayne maybe has a better uh, resume than Tory Holt even. Yeah, it, it just sucks when you have to kind of go head to head with another guy of your position rather than just getting in when you should get in. Because, right. uh, again, you put Red Wayne against Calvin Johnson. Of course, Calvin Johnson has a bigger bigger footprint in the NFL. Like yeah. Calvin Johnson is the pro is like the prototype wide receiver that everyone's looking for all the time now. Uh, you, you know, Andre Johnson is as well a, a dominant receiver played through really bad quarterback play a lot of his of, of his career. Uh, so yeah, go having to go head to head with those guys. There's almost always going to be someone better. So just like at some point, the the guy his accomplishments just have to speak for themselves because he's also top ten all time in like in postseason receiving as well. Right. So you have a guy who is quite accomplished both in the regular and postseason. Um, he wasn't on the all decades team, but like he has also led the NFL in receiving yards. There was one year. Um, he's got six pro bowls. Like, I mean, I don't know what, what much else he can do. And I mean, obviously at the time that he retired, he ranked even higher in all those things. Uh, yeah. so now he checks, know, he checks every single box you need. And mm -hmm. even for me, like I'm, I'm very strict when it comes to who I'd let in the hall of fame. Personally, yeah. I think people should be stricter when it comes to the hall of fame. Like you should be a top tier player at your position all time or at least in the era that you played to get into the hall of fame. And Reggie Wayne was always a tough one for me. Cause I was like, okay, was he ever really a top five wide receiver in the league? And I think, you know, when you compare him to an Andre Johnson or a Calvin Johnson, 
maybe it doesn't feel like he was ever that type of dominant in the league or he was that kind of difference maker in the league. But again, we're talking a three-time All-Pro, one-time first-team All-Pro, led the NFL in receiving yards one year, produced in the playoffs, won a Super Bowl. Uh, he has the accumulation stats, you know, 10th all-time in receptions, 10th all-time in receiving yards. Like, like you said, like what more could he have done? And and maybe you hold the Marvin Harrison thing against him because he was the number two guy in this offense for so long. But are, are we really going to hold it against a guy that he just wasn't the like that he played alongside a top five receiver to ever play or a top right. ten receiver to ever play? You know, like are we really going to hold that against the guy? So it's like I don't know. I think it's a tough thing for him here. I don't, I don't really understand what's holding him back at this point. And and again, while while I understand. Uh, you know, having Andre Johnson and Kevin Johnson over him. I think it, it sometimes the pendulum swings a little bit too far the other way. Like, like Peter King, I believe in his, uh, his, his like article where he defends what he voted for with the hall of fame, which I think is great. Like he's one of the few writers that actually puts out why he, he voted a certain way when it comes to the hall of fame. Uh, but he had Reggie Wayne, like outside his top 10 this year. He's got, he had Reggie Wayne, like sitting at 12th going into next year and his early look at next year stuff. Like, I think that's too far the other way. Like I get not having him in this year because if you're going to take one wide receiver, you take Andre Johnson, but there's no way he's outside the top 10 this year or he's outside the top 12 next year. Like this is a hall of fame wide receiver. Let's get him in. I mean, I don't care when it is at this point. I mean, I hope for Reggie it's soon because I, I can't imagine what that weight is like. Just, just hoping that you get your name called every single year, but I hope it's not too long. He definitely deserves to get in the Hall of Fame. He is a Hall of Fame wide receiver. He'll get his name called eventually, but you know, I really hope it's sooner rather than later for for his sake here. Yeah, I, I think people's main rebuttal to his candidacy is that he played with Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck his entire career, which is true. Like that obviously helps, but it's not like every receiver who played with those guys is going to the Hall of Fame. Like you have right. to be up to the task, especially to be a mainstay in Peyton Manning's offense, you had to be above the cut, you know, like for Peyton Manning to trust you and to go to you on money downs and to throw game winning touchdowns to you against the Patriots and things like that. Like you had to be a different dude. And he was like, you don't see Donnie Avery out there just like thriving and, you know, putting up a hall of fame, hall of fame resume. Like not everybody could do that just because they played with these guys. Like look at Patrick Mahomes this year. Like, someone who's already knocking on the, the the GOAT conversation. But the biggest thing for him all year was people talking about he didn't have receivers. So just because these guys, these quarterbacks are elite, doesn't mean every pass catcher there that's with them is elite. So that's that's my poo-poo on that argument for, you know, <laughs> playing with, with Peyton and Luck the whole time. Like, it, it goes both ways. They make each other better. So I, I don't really know what else to go off on that one. But – Coming up, there is uh, there's an interesting group of you know current and recently former Colts that do have you know a, a little bit of an argument to make the Hall of Fame eventually, um, but uh, very few of them, if any, are like ready to go right now. So we'll talk about what these guys need to do to get in. DoorDash went all out for game day, and they DoorDashed stuff from all of the ads to one lucky winner: cars, snacks, even tax software. And somehow they pulled it all off. I'm a little bummed I didn't win it. Nothing nothing personal. But I got to hand it to them. It was one heck of a delivery. Wink, wink. If you didn't have a chance to hit the grocery store last weekend after the big game commotion, or maybe your bar cart has mysteriously been cleared out, 
stock back up for the week ahead with delivery from DoorDash, which is probably what I'm going to have to do because I am barren of groceries right now. Whatever watch party or anything party you've got coming up, get it delivered with DoorDash. Football season may now be over, but we're in the thick of basketball games, the school year, and let's face it, we know winter is not done. I could think of a million reasons daily to order DoorDash, so just hop on the app and make your day a little easier. Get dinner for tonight, groceries for the week, or a consolation prize for your sad friends in San Francisco, all on DoorDash. DoorDash, your door to more. Head to DoorDash app to get everything you need delivered. All right, so when we're talking about the Colts in the Hall of Fame, who's got next? Uh, so Robert Mathis has been a semifinalist three years in a row. Uh, he's got he's got a pretty decent um, argument to get there. Uh, he, I think he finished his career with more sacks than Freeney. Uh, he's the Colts all-time sacker. He He's first in NFL history in forced fumbles. Um, so he, he's got that going for him. He's been a semifinalist. I'm surprised he hasn't made a finalist at some point. Um, but, you know, he's now got, you know, like the Jared Allens of the world now that Dwight Freeney and Demarcus Ware are off the table. Like he's going to have to go up against some of those like, you know, guys who are just like a step below the, the Freenies and Wares. Um, so you got Robert Mathis. Adam Vinatieri becomes eligible next year. That's interesting because do you put a kicker in? in the first ballot because he retired as the best kicker of all time. Are you asking me actually here, Jake? Even you can appreciate Adam Vinatieri though. Like I know you have your bias, but you, you know what Adam Vinatieri is to the NFL. Yeah. I mean, look, Robert Mathis, I think guys, we're, <laughs> if we're talking about guys who can get in next year for the Indianapolis Colts, I think Robert Mathis is definitely the next guy up in my opinion, you know, from what I would do personally. Uh, next up here, I think, but obviously aside from Reggie Wayne, uh, Robert Mathis, great player. I think he has a defensive player of the year award too under his belt, which not many people have. Uh, and, and he also led the NFL in sacks one year, like fantastic, fantastic player. And I do believe that now that Freeney is just out of his way on the ballot, we're going to start seeing him moved up into those finalists. Uh, rankings. So Robert Mathis, I think it, I think we'll start seeing him get closer and closer going forward. And then, yeah, I mean, if I had to talk about a kicker, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, I guess the kicker can get in. I mean, I don't <laughs> Now Adam Vinatieri. I mean, look, I, I know what it was like for a lot of Colts fans growing up when you have Mike Vanderjack as your kicker for so long, and then you finally get Adam Vinatieri and it's like, oh, wow, we can actually advance in these playoff games now because we have a kicker who can make big kicks. And that's a valuable thing there. So, look, if I'm going to say anything positive about a kicker, finally going from Vanderjack to Vinatieri and having a kicker who could make the big kick, uh, I think that's certainly Hall of Fame worthy. So, yeah, let's get Vinatieri in there sometime. I don't know if it should be a first ballot thing or or whatever with that. But, yeah, Vinatieri will get in here eventually. Greatest kicker of all time and whatever you want to say with that, I'm sure he'll he'll get in here in the next couple of years. See, it's it's not the greatest crop of first year eligible guys next year. So I think it's certainly possible. Like, I don't feel like you have any like no doubt about it next year. You know, you got like Marshawn Lynch, and there's there's some guys who are deserving. Eli. That's you saying that. <laughs> that's not me saying <laughs> that. That's look, look, He's again, if we're going but... if we're going off of the story of the NFL. Or, you know, whatever. Can you tell the story of the NFL without this average quarterback who caught fire twice? Like, yeah, Eli Manning will probably get in. I mean, and in first ballot next year. If we're looking at first ballot next year, who the most likely one is, it's probably Luke Keekley. 
Yeah. Luke Keekley feels like the type who, I agree. unless they want to hold the early retirement against him, but they didn't do that against Calvin Johnson. So I don't think they will against mm-hmm. him. Keekley probably gets in first ballot. I think Eli and Vinatieri have decent chances first ballot, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't think first ballot's going to be too log jam next year. So maybe a guy like Mathis or again, fingers crossed, hopefully Wayne can finally get in next year. Yeah, I think when you look at next year's ballot, you have Keekley who, whenever you talked about the best, like from his rookie year, I, I'm pretty sure, I think he immediately stepped on the scene. Him and Patrick Willis, interchangeable as the best linebackers in the NFL when you look at it. And Willis is going in now until the day he retired. So you've got that. And then Vinatieri, when he retired, everyone considered essentially to be the best kicker of all time. So you've got two guys who you can consider like they were the cream of the crop. Uh, But we do have some other Colts to look at here as well. So we'll go with a guy who's not on the Colts anymore, but I think he'll be in the Hall of Fame when he retires. That's Stephon Gilmore. He's got the hardware. He's got the Super Bowl. He's got the defensive player of the year. Sustained excellence over like a decade. Like I think Gilmore's in. The Colts are just going to be a footnote on his journey, but that's a guy who made an impact with the Colts in his one year here. But I, I think he doesn't have anything left to accomplish. He's in. We will absolutely be that team where in 20 years from now, when people are like, oh, yeah, do you remember that really good corner for the Patriots? And someone's like looking at the Wikipedia and being like, oh, yeah, like, where did he end up at the end of his career? He played a year with the Colts. He played a season with the that, that'll be us when it comes to, to looking at uh, his Hall of Fame thing. But, yeah, Stephon Gilmore, absolutely a Hall of Famer. Um, some other guys you put on here, they're like, I think Quentin Nelson is a really fun one to look at because. I honestly think when you look at the grand scheme of things, when it comes to just guards in the hall of fame and stuff like Quentin Nelson could probably be in the hall of fame. If you've retired right now, like we're talking about four time, all pro three time, first team, all pro six pro bowls. I mean, if you look at the amount of pro bowls, he's already accumulated in his career. Yeah. I want to say he's already like, like top, like six or seven in Colts history. In pro bowls <laughs> like probably he's not even 30 yet he's not even 30 he's like 28 like like this is a guy who's going to be going down as one of the greatest guards to ever play the game when it's all said and done so i just want to say to colts fans listening to this and colts fans who watch every sunday obviously admire the greatness that you have in quentin nelson like even in his down years you're watching an all-time great offensive guard every single week now you would rather that be a quarterback obviously than an offensive guard but this is an all-time great future Hall of Fame guard that we get to watch every single weekend. Uh, and I don't think people appreciate that enough. I mean, this is truly uh, like I don't I don't think first ballot Hall of Fame type career right now, but like second or third ballot Hall of Fame career. I think that's what we're looking at with Quentin Nelson right now. Yeah, I think so. He like if, if he ended a day, he would have a compelling argument whenever he became eligible but on the trajectory he's on, he's probably going to add another at least one or two all pros. He, again, he's been in the Pro Bowl every year since he's been in there. If they, if the Colts start having some postseason success, that'll be huge. Right. Uh, but a couple guys who aren't as likely, but like the things they've done in the first halves of their careers, if they can keep it up or like push even to another level for a couple years, DeForest Buckner and Jonathan Taylor. So Taylor's kind of got the lost season, really the if you look at 2022 and 2023, that's going to be tough to, you know, he's, he's going to have to have more longevity than the normal running back does, but he's got a rushing title to his name, a first team, all pro a first team or a, a pro bowl as well. Uh, the Colts have a long, rich history of hall of fame running backs. 
and he had arguably the best season of all of them in 2021. So I think in terms of running backs, like it's obviously judged a little different. If he can string together like six more really, really good seasons, six, seven more really, really good seasons, I think he has a compelling argument. But it's going to be tough just because yeah. running backs just don't last as long anymore. No, no. And he would need another one or two seasons similar to 2021, I mm-hmm. think, to really propel himself into that that conversation. So I don't think it's like outside the realm of possibility for him, but it's probably unlikely. And then same same with Buckner as well. I mean, Buckner, two-time All-Pro, three-time Pro Bowler, fantastically compelling case for for just how great of a player he was or he is. But I think the issue is he ran into this era of like just elite defensive tackle play across yeah. the league. I mean, it, and when he was in the NFC, he was competing with Aaron Donald every year for these all pros and pro bowls comes over to the, you know, to the AFC. Even you got Chris Jones and Cameron Hayward and those types in front of him. And that's mm-hmm. not even to mention the, the just numerous amounts of guys who are just exploding onto the scene um, with, you know, Quinn Williams, Dexter Lawrence, like these types of guys that are just fantastic, fantastic potential Hall of Fame guys as well. Uh, so it's tough for him, man. I mean, he needs to have at least another all pro type season in there. And you know what? He might need like a Super Bowl. You know, he might need a Super Bowl win in there just to really put it over the top. But but we'll see. I think he can I think he can get there. It's just, you know, maybe more of a ring of honor type guy. Uh, he's definitely the best defensive tackle that I've seen in Indy. I don't think there's anyone yeah. really close in Indy uh, for him. So. I think that that goes well for him, but I just don't know if Hall of Fame is really in the realm of possibility for him. I mean, we have one more guy on here. I, I, you put down Anthony Richardson. I, I don't know, Jake. It's a little early. <laughs> I, I, did not. I purposely little, did not add him on there. <laughs> it's a little early, Jake, but I get it. I totally get it, man. But hopefully we'll see Anthony Richardson's name on this potential list next year, Jake, after we look at the greatest season ever in 2024 with him but uh, i think that's all we have for today guys looking at the hall of fame stuff before we go though locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on youtube locked on sports today is here for you 24 7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of locked on plus our national shows covering every single league go to locked on sports today on youtube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel and if you don't already follow at locked on colts at jake arthur nfl and at zach hicks to all on twitter also subscribe to us on youtube for wherever you listen to your podcast we'd love your guys ratings reviews and we'll catch you guys back here bright and early tomorrow morning